Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Tom Business, Oakland's finest. What's going on, everybody? This podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast. So if you get it on Stitcher, Google, Spotify, uh, my favorite, Apple Apple Podcast that's out there. Um, you can also email the show. That's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. You can also find us on the Twitterverse. We got a new Twitter account, so shout out to the people in the background making that Twitter account popping like it's fish grease. So that's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. And we got a couple other social media platforms that's coming along too. So, uh, you know, I've been on a kind of a, a hype with a series these last two, three weeks, three weeks now. So um, we've been having a whole bunch of different type of guests on the show. And this week as well, we got another guest that we're going to talk into guy is a good friend of mine. I've known him for probably almost about seven or eight years now, probably longer than that. Um, and he's he's one of my battle buddies, a guy that I, I've been able to say, privileged to say that I raised my right hand with and um, learned a lot from this guy, actually. And he's, he's a good friend. Um, I still pick his brain from time to time on all different types of aspects of life. Um, and that's my boy. Uh, he goes by Joseph Dunham, um, a great army vet by, the, by 16 years or so. Um, been on a couple of campaigns and I still call him Sergeant Dunham so you know excuse me but I'm still gonna call this man Sergeant Dunham even on the show we're gonna call him Sergeant Dunham um, so you know he wanted to you know I, I, I offered him a guest here in our house at the Sports Business Podcast house um, he's a huge sports fan he loves the Lakers um, we don't know how 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 vested is he with his New York Giants uh, he's from Queens so st- are you from Queens you are from Queens right yes I am you are from Queens. Okay, so Queens stand up. So, you know, shout out to, uh, you know, Jamaica Heights and Van Buren Avenue and all that good jazz. I know a little something, something out there in Queens. So what's popping? But uh, Sergeant Dunham, without further, further ado, man, what's going on with you, man? How you been, bro? I've been great, man. Thank you for that intro, man. Really, really um, heartfelt. I appreciate that. So, I, and, you know, the funny thing about being in the military is you and I will have like an inside joke that nobody in the whole entire world would know. And that's one of the cool things about being in the military. So when I was thinking about an inside joke, I don't even know if you remember this, but I looked at you one day and we were sitting there talking about a particular job. And I asked you this particular question. I was like, bro, have you ever seen this like outside of our training element? And the only thing you said was what? Baths and sanitary, like laundry and sanitary is what you said. And you and I just both started laughing. So that's just the inside <laughs> <laughs> so that's the inside joke that you and I will know, but nobody else will know. And that's just one of the cool things about being in the military, man. So, um, you know, you you did logistics, you did petroleum operations, and you kind of moved that over to your, you know, your your civilian lifestyle. And how's the transition been for you from dress, dressing up in a, uh, ACUs or BDUs or multicams to, you know, strapping up some, some a polo shirt or something like that and out there looking clean, so fresh and so clean, clean that you'd be doing all these days, man. <laughs> well, sometimes I gotta, I gotta um, make myself put on, you know, put on that, um, you know, what we call the civilies, the civil, civilian right, gear. Like cities. Yeah, cities. cities and stuff because, you know, you know, back, you know, when you work, you know, when you in, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, your PT uniform and ACUs. And then when you get off, you know, you got your brown T-shirt on and shorts. 
And that's um, it. And green socks. Yeah, and green socks. And <laughs> and um, but I've been um blessed, you know, the you know, especially with the work that I do, the dresses as comfortable as I can. And um, right. so so sometimes I, I kind of lost that I you know sometimes I like to just this get dressed up just to get dressed up but I got to make myself um you know you know do that uh, but the yeah, you be clean with the cardigans oh yeah now nah, yeah you know I mean you know I could I, I do a little something but you know I but you know you be working so much you don't really have much time to you know wear, wear the you know my opportunities to wear it you know especially now yeah, with this. Yeah. It's like, and I already got, you know, I got my old lady, so I ain't got, I ain't got really nobody to impress like that. So, so, but I still, but I still got the gear. I still get it from time to time. I feel it. I feel it. So has it, so actually, you know, like you said, like going from, you know, basically we wore two different uniforms, like you said, for, for the people that are listening, you know, you wore your PTs when you're getting your physical fitness training on, and then you had your duty uniform on, which nine times out of 10 going to be your, your actual uniform so you know with the transition of basically you know i always say we live the army lifestyle it's not really a job you live it you know what i'm saying from sun up to sundown you, you literally live in it it's not really a a job to sort of say you have a job but it's more of a lifestyle has that been able to like anything that you picked up what's one of the couple of things that you picked up that you've been able to kind of transition into your civilian lifestyle well you know when i met you when i went when when you came through for the advanced individual training where um where we linked up, you know, actually I was picking your brain because I knew that I was about to transition out soon. So my transition started way before I actually, before I, you know, I signed out on terminal leave. So right. um, my transition has actually been, you know, pretty seamless. Um, and, um, it, you know, I was, I was really prepared for it. I was really prepared because I, I heard all the horror stories. I, I had to, recondition my mind to know that I am not in no more um that you know I gotta I, that that my that my rank is not gonna trans translate over to where I'm at because like right now the way I work at now you know my supervisor was a you know someone who did three four years and he was a specialist and now he mm -hmm. you know he's making you know like six figures and I mean he, you know he's been out for many years and I can't take that as like well well when we was in formation you would have been to the left of me so you know or whatever so i can't really take that you know take that with it you know with me so the transition has been pretty good i mean you know i i had i was very realistic realistic where um what i wanted to do i was i was older and i just kind of wanted to get something that was in my career field which was um i got a degree in criminal justice which is kind of translates kind of kind of to the military and then i always i got the many years of logistics so it was pretty right. good it was um but I gotta thank you because I know you was on that civilian side as well, you know, doing, you know, you know, serving, you know, serving how you were serving, but gave me an idea of what was out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, anytime we can try to help each other out, that's that's what we're here for. So I know we got the admin stuff out the way. I know that you're an aspiring podcaster. You know, you talked to me about trying to branch on over into the forbidden door. Um, and trying to go into the podcast world. So I wanted to bring you on because you're a great, great, great resource, sometimes for even some of my topics that I, I post on all my various social media outlets. But you also have like a plethora of knowledge. Like, I mean, you're you're like, you're like a walking sports almanac, I like to say. So um, <laughs> it's kind of funny that you're from New York and you like the Lakers. It's interesting because, you know, you got the Knickerbockers, you have the, the old school New Jersey Nets uh, when you had Derek Coleman, Kenny Anderson. Jay Kidd, Vince Carter, uh, Richard Jefferson, Kenya Martin. You had all these different types of things. What ended up making you uh, try to bleed that purple and gold, man? 
All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself a little bit. Um, you remember years ago before your time, the NBA Finals was um was pre-recorded. Yes, it was. It was. And I used to watch, and when it was pre-recorded, I would always watch the Celtics and the Lakers. And um, magic. yeah, and magic coming down with the no look and Kareem with the sky hook. And um, it was just something I just I just fell in love with. And but it was very I I used to like get so mad and angry because like you know, no matter how many times the Lakers would be up by 20, next thing you know, you blink your eye, Kevin McHale, Larry Bird, you know, you know the greatness of Larry Bird. Next thing you know, Jay. yeah, yeah, Derek Johnson, it was down by four. I want to say that it was because a uh, black and white thing. It was just the. It was just the fact that the Lakers were so fun to watch, and um, right, right, right. You no. Know, but I. But I used. To, I used to be so scared of the Celtics, um, you know, because they would always make a comeback. And Larry Bird hitting all these unbelievable shots, and Kevin McHale with all his post moves, Robert Parrish and Derek Johnson's defense. I mean, it was like, but it was just great basketball. But I just loved the Lakers because it was it was just fun. It was up and down, no look passes, sky hooks, and you know everything. So then it just transitioned over, and then I and I liked them during the lean years, the lean years when they wasn't before Shaq got there, before Kobe, you know, when it was this Nick like Anderson, Eddie Jones, Eldon Campbell, Vladdy yeah. Beasley, and the boys. Yeah, okay, because, okay. because you know, God rest, you know, the Black Mamba's, um, you know. Um, rest in peace to him. But I was so mad when they got him because I was a big Eddie Jones fan, and yeah, he was nice. Uh, yeah, Eddie Jones was my dude, and um, and you know, but then I when I saw Kobe came in, and but something that that really got me with him was I think it was his rookie season when they played. We played the Utah Jazz, and he hit, he kept shooting those air balls. But yeah. I, I watched his demeanor. It's like he was like, all right, I got this. I'm going to come. You know, and I was surprised. Of course, I was mad because the Lakers lost. But I wasn't expecting them to beat the Utah Jazz at that point with the roster that they had. But then I just remember he came back the next year. And it was, he was just he was just on fire. And I was like, wow, this guy. But that right there started when I started to really know this kid is going to be special. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, like you said, I would say if, I, if, if, if I'm ever blessed to have kids, I think the era of basketball that I was shown initially will be 80s basketball because it actually kind of it kind of goes hand in hand with what's going on today. You talk about a more old pace and space type of game where it was more free flowing as opposed to the 90s, early 2000s. It was more of half court, uh, more methodical, more of a slow game. And now we're looking into, you know, what well, my team, the Golden State Warriors, have been able to trans basically, you know, take change the whole entire way of basketball is being played where there's theoretically not a, a, a solid big man that plays as the five these days. Um, you play like a small death lineup and things like that. So, you know, I always predicate to what the open pace and space game is back to the 80s. And the Showtime Lakers is a prime example, minus Kareem. Uh, you take Kareem out, but you still have that pace and space where you had a 6'8", 6'9", point guard and Magic Johnson running the floor. And basically, if you look at that, you got a whole, like, look at LeBron today. He's 6'8", you know, pushing, starting point guard. And, and, and it's crazy. And kind of laying into that, you know, the, the the Lakers this year have been very, very interesting. And, you know, they came out the blocks, and I was like, man, ain't nobody stopping these boys this year. Like, I, I felt like this Lakers roster was even better than last year's rate Laker roster with Dennis Schroeder coming in, Montrez Harrell coming into the picture. They picked up Wesley Matthews. And, you know, they, they they came out the blocks, and I was like, wow, for this team to only have about 75 days of rest, they look really, really fresh. 
Now you got AD, who I've always been very, very skeptical about his health because I always say he's like Mr. Glass. You know, you know, you blow on AD, and he can he can be out for four to six weeks, and this is a prime example. And the Lakers have been slumping a little bit um, the last few weeks, but you know, and that's that's with injuries and whatnot. And also, you know, I, I guess this is somewhat what they call the dog days of the NBA season, where it's like that 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 couple of weeks before the All Star break, and we're right into that. And so you also had the Brooklyn Nets make some some. They made moves and they got James Harden. Do you think a healthy Lakers team can beat this Brooklyn Nets team? Yes, because I, I even though I don't, I wouldn't look at the Lakers um, as a as a very stout defensive team. But I, I do, I can say I trust them to make stops um, in critical um, moments. Um, with the with the Brooklyn Nets, I just think that I, I think defensively, I I, I don't know. I, Grant could hold it down for his for um for his position. He's a good mm-hmm. defender, and James Harden, when he really commits himself, can play defense. Um, Kyrie Irving is the, it would be the weak link of, of that uh, as far as you know defensively. Uh, and I think that yeah, uh, um, what was that? I said they would have to hide him, like hide him, yeah. and play him off of somebody. Yeah, they could do that. Um, like that, I believe that's you know what the Golden State Warriors did with Steph Curry. Um, mm-hmm. sure they, you know, you know, the kind of which is great coaching. That that's that's great strategy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, I, I I don't know, but they do look really really good. I was I was surprised that you know when they lost to the Dallas Mavericks um the other day to stop they um the eight game winning streak, but um they look tough. But I I I I, I just I can't let um bet against LeBron. Um, I just it's just like bait, betting against um, Brady. This this doesn't bode well for you. But this time, at least he's in purple and gold, where um, I get the root for. Facts, facts, facts. And, I, and I agree. You know, like you said, um, the, the Nets they got they they're, they're top heavy. I, I feel like they're they're front. You know, they're front six seven. They're about seven eight deep, maybe about that. Um, I, I I wonder about the Lakers. The only reason why I I don't have really much. I think they're the best team in the West. I think I'm, like, I'm, and I'll touch on this in a, in a couple of minutes with you because I'm, I'm very. I don't think I've even talked to you about this because this one particular team I'm very interested. Well, I'm not really interested, but I'm trying to see why everyone's super hyped up on them. Um, but I think the Lakers maybe with one or two moves. I think, but they they got two roster spots open. You know, uh, they let go of uh, Quinn Cook, and I think they let go of someone else. So I believe they have two roster open roster spots. So I don't know if they want to go bring a Boogie Cousins or are they going to make any type of moves. Um, but I think in the West, as long as AD can be healthy and everyone else can stay healthy on that team, I think there's not a team maybe outside of the Clippers. And I think if the Clippers can be a mentally tough team, then they can give them a run for their money. But as far as what the Nets got going on, um, you're absolutely right. I think KD proved enough while he was with Golden State. God, man, I forgot how good that dude was, bro. Like, I legit forgot how good that man was. I ain't gonna lie. I forgot how good Kevin Durant was until that opening night when he busted, I think, 20 some points against my team but I think Kevin Durant proved his worthiness as far as holding it down on the defensive end um the crazy thing about James Harden is a lot of people forget James Harden came in the NBA known as uh, somebody who was a hard-nosed defender it wasn't until he got to really Houston where he kind of learned how to craft the uh the step back and be an offensive juggernaut but James Harden was known to be as a defensive he was a defensive-minded player when he first came to the league and I don't <laughs> say this dude's name on my show but number 11 for the Brooklyn Nets like you said, I think they would have to hide them and blend them like what they've been doing with Steph Curry, play him off of somebody and something like that. I think that would work. Um, 
I don't know if they, you know, DeAndre Jordan, he could be a great anchor. He played a, he's played a couple of good games uh, relatively recently as well. So I think they got enough easily. I think the Nets are easily hands down just by the, the offensive firepower alone to come out of the East. Now, if they come into a hard-minded, defensive-minded team like Frank Vogel can do, like what, and, and I think last year, what a lot of people don't realize, especially in the bubble, the Lakers were so good on defense. Like, you have Frank Vogel, J-Kid, um, showing showing the Lakers that you can, you, you can buckle down and play some really, really good defense. And I think at any given time, if the Lakers can come figure out a couple of different stops, I think they can give the Nets some trouble, but I also think maybe they need to make a move. I don't know if they want to go try to get a cat like Victor Oladipo, um, you know, depending on how bad the Sacramento Kings want to uh, take it. Do they want to flip Harrison Barnes? Um, there's a couple of pieces that are out there um, that could probably solidify that roster, but, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But I definitely wanted to hear from a purple and gold diehard fan, uh, 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 knowledgeable base, to see if that, I mean, I personally want to see the Lakers against the Nets, man. Yeah. I mean, that would, you know, you know, that would be interesting. Like you said, I think um, the Lakers, could, I think they just could, they could, they could make key stops. I, I think that, you know, um, just like, you know, when LeBron in the bubble, when he um, guarded Jamal Murray on key possessions, um, it really, really disrupt the, the, the rhythm. And I think that they can, they can, um, I think they could do that with the, you know, you know, with the Nets and, um, right. You know, uh, outside of Kevin, I think Kevin Durant. No matter what you do, you could put you could put you could put eight guys on him. He's gonna get he's gonna get his numbers. Um, it's yeah, just pretty part. much yeah, pretty much start stopping everyone else. And James Harden, you only could go by you only could go by the history of what you've seen and big moments. He seems to almost stop himself. Cause I don't really think anybody could really stop him, but we've right. seen we've seen him kind of melt down, um, in in, in, in mm-hmm. different situations, but. He doesn't really have to do as much, so I think he could kind of pace himself, so where he won't be so burnt out. Um, so they could be very interesting, and um, and I just think when Kevin Durant gets in his his little mood and stuff, he, he they they going he's hard to stop because he's he's a very moody guy, and when he gets in that mood, he gets he's he's unstoppable. Right, and you know you know who I am. I'm Kevin Durant, so you get that Kevin Durant. Yeah. You get that, Kevin Durant, and it's on and popping like fish grease. So, uh, yeah, I definitely wanted to hear what you had to say about that. But, you know, I also wanted to tell you, like you said, you're from Queens. So, you know, I know you got a little bit of, I know you got a little bit of knowledge of what's going on with the Knickerbockers, man. And, you know, the Knickerbockers, I forgot they was in the NBA for a few years, bro. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. I forgot, you know, I forgot, you know, they, they one of them teams that you just be forgetting. And it's one of those just instances. But, hey, man. The Knicks, I gotta even say it, man. The Knicks don't look too bad. I mean, they're playing no, pretty good ball. Um, um, I tell you, like Tom Thibodeau, man. Um, he, I, I always respect him as a coach. I, I always like. I, I just always, you know, the, the the thing about him. They said that he wears his um his starters out. He plays them a lot of yeah. minutes, and you know that's the only thing. But I mean, he's a good teacher, you know. And I think that that's what's really missing in, in all sports is is is, is teaching is, is coaching teaching um and um they got they, they got so many young guys there that they don't know nothing else but to go out there and play hard and now they got Derrick Rose who he got something to prove and you know he could he could take that leadership um, um role you know everybody on that roster probably looked up to him he's probably one of their favorite players so you know so it's a win-win for both of them 
for both sides. And um, the Knicks are, you know, I'm not a Knicks fan, but I always said I always was, I, I, I would always be happy if they won. You know, just like with right. the New York Jets. I'm not a Jets fan, but if they win, I, hey, I'm not mad. Just like, you know, at the Mets. Because I'm, I'm Yankees, Lakers, and Giants. <laughs> okay, but okay. If, yeah, so, but yeah, the Knicks, but the Knicks are interesting. Um, they all playing hard, and I just think that they just need the owner to stay out the way. Let let um let let that yeah that part. Let them do what they need to do and stay out the way, just like he does with the hockey team. And they and then um they'll be okay. And and, and give us some time. Right, and you you brought up a good point. Like you know, a lot of people don't realize. I watch a little bit of hockey, and what he's been doing with the hockey team, James Dolan, he's actually kind of taking that about face and kind of just been sitting back. And yeah. letting the GM kind of make, make make some moves, and I feel like with Worldwide West as the GM for the Knickerbockers, it, it looks like they're they they cook they they they're not. You know how you make a U turn and you start busting, you start turning your wheel to the left when you about to hit that U turn on that green arrow. Like I feel like they're just going into the U turn. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they're all the way out just yet, but they're going into the U turn into the right direction. That's Being right. them with a top four team. You got Obi Toppin, who was the National Player of the Year with Dayton last year in, in, in the NCAA. You got Julius Randle, who I think the Lakers low-key may have given up on too soon. But too soon. Because he was – I thought he was nice in Kentucky. I thought he didn't get enough enough, enough time to develop and whatnot. And I think he ended up going to New Orleans for a year, part of that uh, 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 the AD trade. If I'm not mistaken, he went to New Orleans for a year. He goes to New York this year, becomes an all-star. He's probably going to win – most improved player this year. I think they're cooking with something. You got D Rose, who you know he's. I mean, he's he's been he's a battle D Rose, but he's still producing and he's still getting yeah, yeah. minutes. And, and that's all you ask for. So the only thing, like you said, is I, I hope Tom Thibodeau, who I call the butcher because he looks like a butcher at a meat shop over there in one of the bodegas yeah, in New York. <laughs> he looked like a but he looked like a bodega um, a butcher man. But I, I hope Tom Thibodeau learns some mistakes, like you said, because he is known to be a grinder. And he plays for today as opposed to looking for the battle for tomorrow. You know, he's always in the battle for right now as opposed to knowing, hey, sometimes you got to know when to fold them and, and pull them starters out a little bit uh, early than later. You know, it's easy to pull pull the pull it's easy to hey, pull the plug now than on the back end and your power bill up too high. So we'll see what ends up happening. But for them to be a top four team, man, that's that's really really exciting to see. And I'm. I, it's good to see, you know, teams like the Knickerbockers, the Lakers, the Bulls, you know, them staple teams to be mm-hmm. winning. And, and, the, and the Bulls is another team that's that's out there on the uh, on the cusp of probably uh, sneaking into the playoffs this year, too, man. So, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, I got a question for you, man. Mm-hmm. How good are the Utah Jazz? I, you know what? You said something that was so that was so profound. And I just think, I mean. I see them being like the Atlanta Hawks was a few years ago when they was the number one seed and then they got ousted by, I believe, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even like, it wasn't even, it wasn't even like a, like it wasn't even like close. I mean, if you really look at it, I, I, but you know, then again, I mean, I mean, Mitchell is, he is a, um, he is a problem. He is, he is a good player. I think Shaq was wrong. And you know, you know, you know, getting on them like that. Mm-hmm. Right. I think in a seven-game series, I think um, I don't know. I just, I just think that they, I just don't see them. Um, I'm just not a believer. I think they're gonna have a cute, a very cute regular season. There's gonna be some nice, nice wins and stuff. And you know, 
Um, but I just don't really, see, I don't, I don't really see them really going too far. Um, but I do like Clarkson. He's another ex Laker that's actually producing. A lot of those cats that really played under Kobe, even though they they didn't win a lot of games, I think they 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 saw his work ethic, and and they're able to um put it to you know, put it to great use and um later, but later later than um than never. Yeah, man. I, I'm not even going. I'm not even going to. You, you said it. You gave it the PG version. I'm giving it the rated R version. I'm not sold on them jokers at all. And the reason why I'm not sold on them is because, like you said, it's a good feel good story. But also at the same time, I feel like, I mean, they got to show me, like, they got to actually win it. They got to, now when I say win it, they got to win the whole doggone thing. They got to, they got to get the Larry O'Brien trophy. And I don't see them beating the Clippers in the seven-game series. I don't see them beating the Lakers for sure in the seven-game series. They're not going to beat the Brooklyn Nets in the seven-game series. They're not going to beat the Milwaukee Bucks in the seven-game series. I mean, lowest and low keys, if Denver can get their act together, they might not even beat Denver in the seven-game series. So, exactly. I, I just, I don't, there's so many other teams and I think that they they play, they play good ball. That's cool. That's fine and dandy, but I, I like Spider Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell is a great player. I've never great. been fond, too fond, I've never been too fond of Mike Conley Jr. I think he's probably one of the biggest rock. He's one of the biggest big time robbery robbers in the NBA. So if you look at how much money Mike Conley Jr. has made in the NBA, you're gonna be like, where they do that at? Like this dude is heisted. He's he secured the bag. I'm not sold on Mike Conley Jr. Jordan Clarkson yeah, has been I, I balling. Mean, I mean, um, yeah, he is. A, he is. A, he did heist some money, but his ex teammate Chandler Parsons. That guy, he, yeah. he, yeah, you know, but yeah, you're right though, and I think Woody Gobert, I think his, oh lack my god, of, that guy, that guy, oh yeah, lord, yeah, his lack that of offensive yeah. skills is going, it, it, it you know, I, I don't know, it's just like I, like I just don't really see them, um, I don't know, I just, and like you said too. Where people learn, other teams learn how to pull their players, and you got a lot of teams like you think like you know like with LeBron. I think LeBron for years. I don't. I really don't think he cares about um seeding. Um, because yeah, he just you know he is is I got me, and then the Clippers. I I don't know. I guess I I I touch on them a little while later later, but yeah, but I don't even think they could get past the Nuggets. The Nuggets really get their stuff get get they um act together. They could they, they could be tough, uh, but I can see the Utah Jazz wind up beating the, the Clippers because the Clippers. I think you touched on this before. They just lack mental toughness. Right. I, I, yeah, and I think the Clippers definitely meant like I don't know what it is. I think I don't know if it's just the demeanor of Kawhi Leonard. I I don't know if it's just the meltdown of uh, Paul George. Um, I I think Pat Beverly is a dog, but I mean he's very very limited on the offensive side of the ball. Oh yeah. Um, you got the Morris twins, who I still to this day don't really understand how they just became the pouncy brothers of the NBA, where everybody's supposed to just be scared of these two dudes. When lowest the low keys, they ain't really did nothing until last year. They to me they've been unproven dudes. Um, you know you let go of Montrezl Harold didn't do him any favors. Um, I, I don't know, and you know uh, Nicholas Batum. I, to be, that's another dude who I forgot was in the NBA until this past year, because he's been in Charlotte all these all those years. So I, I don't I don't know. I don't know about the Clippers. I think they need to bring a, a true point guard. But then again, you got to start looking around and see who's who's out there. You know, the Knicks are able to get Derrick Rose, who's a great point guard, um, and you got to start seeing who's out there that you can even get. Get get out there. So I, I don't know what's available for the Clippers. Um, depending on how seeding works, they may be able to sneak in and kind of get into possibly the conference finals. But I can see them boogieing out in the second round again, man. Yeah, I, I think um I think 
they are built to beat the Lakers. I think that, and and they just don't show up for other teams. I think that they have, um, but I think with them, um, you know, when they when when the Warriors struggled to beat them, and when they didn't have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they were very scrappy. They were very, um, and then I think actually bringing Kawhi Leonard and Paul George disrupt their chemistry, um, and. Kawhi Leonard has never really had to be, be the leader. He definitely, you know, he wasn't the leader, even though he might have became the best, the most skilled player on the Spurs. But, you know, as long as even even 30% of Tony Parker is going to, he's, his, his presence alone is going to make him to be the leader. And then he came to a Raptors team that was very deep. And he wound up... Um, Demarcus DeRozan, which that was an upgrade, but that chemistry that they remember they were very they just kept getting beat by LeBron and the Cavs. So right. and now, and, and Kawhi Leonard is a great player. I don't understand the hate that he gets. He is what what the NBA is should be about. He's a guy who wasn't a five. He wasn't a five star recruit. He had to work his way into being coming what he became. He didn't walk in and, and was LeBron James from day one. So he had to, but I just think that anybody that challenges the greatness of LeBron, like with Kevin Durant, you're going to get hated on. But I just right, think right. that, um, I, I just think like that, that, that Kawhi Leonard is in a position that he's not comfortable with. And Paul George, I never understood what the playoff P is, even though he's technically he's having a great season. A good season. He he, you know, he, you know, he um he stepped on his crank he, uh, the last game against Milwaukee, where he you know, but you know, big games, big moments. He doesn't show up just like James Harden doesn't doesn't show up. Oh yeah, he's definitely out of ranks half the time when it's a playoff game, and between him, like you said, James Harden. So you know, if he can actually just show up on time for formation during a playoff game, he might actually be able to you know do his thug fizzle and stop blocking all this other stuff out. Um, as far as, far as Kawhi Leonard goes, like you said, I don't know why he gets a lot of hate. I think this dude's just, you know, he does this stuff. This one keeps it pushing. I mean, this dude's a terminator. He just keeps going forward when he's healthy. And I think the only knock on Kawhi is, you know, he doesn't play back to back. He kind of picks and chooses what he wants. <laughs> His, you know, yeah. he, he kind of he just he kind of just does what he wants to do. And you know, that's just today's NBA. Here's something I mean, I completely just while you were talking about Kawhi, Kawhi signed a two year, a three year deal with the opt out of the second year so my question is going to be and i don't i haven't seen anybody even kind of ask this question but Kawhi can opt out at the end of the season so if the clippers don't make a deep run in the playoffs or actually win the whole thing does he opt out and start looking for a new house Kawhi is a different beast man he he, he yeah. doesn't he, you could never i mean you can't tell with him um i but i don't think he is I don't think he's emotionally married to the Clippers. I think, yes, he's from, from L.A., you know, all of that that stuff. But he's not committed. I, I don't see him as being – which I think that's just the new NBA. And I think LeBron ushered that in, is that you need to take care of yourself. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I just I, – I can – if they have enough – because look how they threw Doc, um, Doc Rivers under the bus. Um, after, you know, he didn't they, – they questioned his, his, his ability to um, – to make changes, to the, um, to come up with different schemes, in game, in game um, management and stuff like that. So I could, I, I don't, I don't think he's gonna be. He's he's just committed to being with the Clippers. I think he's gonna take his talents every anywhere where he where, where they're gonna um, sign a big check to him. Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the run. I don't know where he would go. Yeah, um, I don't. Man, that's a lot I don't, of. I don't, 
Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of guessing and whatnot, but we'll we'll see. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes. He he puts his house up for sale out there in L.A. But we'll see. But uh, I wanted to leave. I, I wanted to kind of switch gears because you, you know you told me you were Gi- New York football Giants because everybody knows I'm a San Francisco Giants fan. Um, so I got to kind of differentiate the two when we're talking. To- San Francisco Giants or the 49ers? No, I'm a Giants fan. I'm an Oakland Raider, or Las Vegas Raider fan. But I want to talk about the football Giants real quick before we squeeze up out of here. Um, you know, I've never really been sold on this dude. And, and I wanted to ask you real quick before we jet up on out of here. Is Danny, is Daniel Jones the, the, the key to success for the Giants? Because they had a good season. I, I, I felt like uh, the, the, the new coach, the new GM, I think his name is Gettleman. They, they came in and shook some things up and they, they were supposed to have a bad year, but... They're on the cusp of making the playoffs this year, despite the NFC East being really, really terrible. But I felt like that that Danny Dimes was was the reason why. I feel like he's holding them back. Is that is that a fair assumption? I I think he's a guy. He could definitely play the position. I mean, he's a good. I mean, I think I think excellent O's, but I don't really see anything special with him. Um, I don't think that he could definitely lead it. I think he's a guy that could put up numbers. Like almost like how Derek Carr could put up numbers, and right. and and but it doesn't have an impact on the game. And I think that we, you know, especially here in New York, we we was very, um, you know, the backup quarterback in any place is always going to be the most popular guy because he did he didn't lose a game yet. You know, that's how they're going to look at it. And he was replacing right. Eli Manning and everybody, and Eli with his pedigree, everybody, nobody has sympathy for a winner. And you know, with with, with his namesake and what he was able to accomplish, and you know, it was just easy to dump on Eli. And the same problems that Eli had in being productive the last his last few years is the same thing that's holding um, Daniel Jones back. And Daniel Jones can move the pocket; he can extend plays. And that some, but he's still taking sacks. He's still getting sacked. He still he still doesn't have time to go through his progressions. He's just not a guy that I believe that could just he could just right every wrong that you have. He he could he could just he could window dress your um the problems you have. You got to get him a, a credible team around it around him. So um, he's not a franchise guy. I won't be surprised if he you know right now he could he could probably have a season where he's gonna throw for four thousand yards. He may have twenty five touchdowns or twelve interceptions, but I just don't think he's gonna be be real impactful unless. They they continue to build a great team around him, where you know. But as far as him, being him being a difference maker and him being this great player that replaced who should be a Hall of Famer, even though people would, would, would argue against it, I don't think he's that guy. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I'm not too sure how I feel it, but like you said, he he's back. He played back up to you know possibly a future Hall of Famer and, and Eli Manning, um, and I. I feel like he's missing that it factor. And, I, and you know what? And I'm probably going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And the reason why I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt is because I felt like he doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. And, yeah. and, and, I, and you know, he hasn't had any weapons. You know, I think – I don't even know if he played a season with OBJ. Um, I could be wrong. I, I'm, I, I could be wrong. If he did, it was probably one year with OBJ, if that. Saquon was out last year. Um, the tight end, I can't – Ingram, this dude don't – I mean, he catches when he feels like catching footballs. Um, but when he does, he's, 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 he's snagging some balls. So, you know, Sterling, uh, Sterling Shepard is another guy who's iffy. Uh, we don't, we don't know what he's looking like. So, you know, it, it, he, I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he probably hasn't played with a, you know, I'm not saying that he got to have the Kansas city chiefs, but I mean, can I get a wide receiver who I know his name? And I don't, I mean, hell, Victor Cruz ain't walking in the door. 
Uh, Amani yeah. yeah, Toomer ain't coming in there. I kill you ain't coming through. So I don't know. Who, I don't know any of these cats. So I think if you were able to give him like I don't know the Chase dude that's supposed to be coming from LSU uh, in the draft. That would be nice if he can get maybe even a Devontae Smith. That wouldn't be bad, but I think he needs probably a guy who can, you know, a receiver that he can he can get some type of rapport with. And I think that's one of the issues. I think with him, with Saquon coming back this year, that should help him out a little bit. But also, you know, you got to have an O-line to at least keep you upright for about three to five seconds. And you can't pass the ball on your back. You know, nope. and, and the and the guy's got he got wheels, so he can he can like you said, he can extend plays and whatnot. But there's only so many extensions that you can ask for if you ain't got nobody to throw the ball to, man. So I just wanted to kind of pick your brain and see and ask because I, I don't I don't know if he's a, if he's the long term answer, but I think with the right help, maybe, maybe I don't know. Yeah, he could be productive. Like I said, I think he I think he's capable of putting up numbers. I just don't think they're gonna be impactful. I I, I think you know he could he could have a nice game log where where it looks it looks nice, but empty I don't numbers is what we call those. Empty numbers, exactly. Um, you know, I, I think you know he's a guy that could probably lose the game thirty-five to eighteen, and he threw for three hundred and ninety yards. And but the game, most of the yards came when the game garbage was time. already yeah, in garbage time. You know, so right. you know, but right. he's a good player. He could he could definitely I I I, I could see the I can see the ability in him. He definitely has ability. Right, right, right. right. So yeah, that's all right. yeah. So we'll go with that. So we about to end the show. We about to go ahead and uh, do the sports podcast, big dummy of the day. Uh, Sergeant Dunham, this you know you were guest in our house. So do you have one? You know you seen something that's been paying up recently. Um, the big um dummy. Um, I'll let you go first. Let's see see how right, I, I'll go. From I see how the format. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I can do that. So, um, you're a diehard Laker fan, so I know that you didn't peep this already. It was kind of floating around over the weekend. I guess there's a soccer player named Zlatan. Zl- I don't even know how to say this dude's name. So if I butcher it, sorry, not sorry. Uh, Zl- Zlatan, our, our era Barum, Mitch. Zlatan, I know this is how you say his first name. He's a soccer player for the AC Milan. He actually played soccer in the, actually in LA of all places, LA Galaxy. Supposedly, he's a pretty good player. He's like, not like, Messi, uh, Ronaldo, or Neymar level, but he's like right under that category. So he's a pretty good player. Um, I guess he had some choice, well, not really choice words, but he had some comments to tell LeBron to basically shut up and dribble. Um, this Zlatan dude is definitely getting the sports podcast big dummy of the day because it was a few years ago where this same dude, I guess, was getting picked on because I guess he's not part of the European culture. I think he comes back, for, he has like a, a Arabic background and they were making fun of this dude's name. And he he was he, he felt like he was getting picked on. So he kind of spoke out about who he is and what his heritage is about and all this other good jazz and stood up for himself. And my thing is, wow, isn't that kind of what LeBron James has been doing? Us as African-Americans and all different type of minorities here in America that have to go through so much just to earn a day's worth of pay, you know, just to sit there and be at the same table as the other, uh, the other folks. And for this guy that who's not even in America right now to come chastise LeBron James and tell him to stay out of politics. Bro, who are you? Like, why are you even talking about something? Don't you got your own stuff to be worried about as opposed to worried about what's going on here in America? You're not even American, bro. Like, chill out. So the fact that he got to say something to LeBron James, who's done a lot. It's not like LeBron James is out here catting off and just popping off at the mouth and not backing it up. And, you know, everyone will say whether he's the GOAT on the court or whatnot. But I'll say this. This dude's probably the greatest... Um, 
give backer in, in, in modern day sports. I, I will say that. If you talk about his, his school that he did, he's opened up in his hometown. If you talk about the more than a vote uh, campaign that he's been able to do, you talk about all the other stuff that he's been able to uh, speak about and act upon. I think the dude's been one of the greatest philanthropists in, in modern day sports, um, the way how many doors he's opened up. So I, I, you got you to gotta take that into effect. So the fact that this dude was just chastising LeBron, yeah, you definitely get the sports podcast, uh, sports business podcast, Big Dunn today, man. So, Sergeant Dunn, what you got? If you got one. Well, I got one. Um, the big dummy of the day. I mean, as um, well, I don't know if that was the right context. Um, but um, uh, Herschel Walker, um, for his on um, when he spoke of that, this is where athletes, where you know, athletes should not definitely shut up and dribble. Just shut up and dribble. They definitely not. But when you don't know, LeBron is very, he's very um, aware of what he what comes out of his mouth for the most part. But Hoshi Walker was on that council um, speaking about reparations and he appeared very unleathered. He he was not, he he barely could read what was being being presented to him. And and basically what he was saying was, in, in essence, is that I made it Everyone else from the African American communities need to pull up they um pull up their boots by their bootstraps, but the straps are broken and frayed, but still pull it up and and not understanding that we need an economic base was um was very was, was very um off cold for him to say that, and it just it just was it just he just sound like a big dummy. I mean, he he sounded like a big dummy on so many different things, and I think he's probably just still salty that uh, the Dallas Cowboys traded him to the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> right after that trade. Right and after then, that trade, you know what the Cowboys became after they traded him, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Cowboys became the Cowboys. They got Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin. They got a they got a nice little they got a nice little run after Horsha Walker. So I'm pretty sure every Cowboy fan should be thanking Herschel Walker because the Cowboys probably wouldn't have been the Cowboys if it weren't for that clown dipping up out of Dallas, man. Hey, Sergeant Dunham, it was a great, great, great honor to have you here, man. Tell them where they can find you at because you be having some bomb sports takes, man. And you be having some, like, some real-life, like, advice. Pretty good advice. If y'all want to ever go through some dumps and downs and valleys, hit this man up. So where can find you at, bro? Uh, you know, I'm on my Instagram, jchiller1518, uh, uh, and, um, and I also have a, yeah, jchiller1518 is my Instagram. Um, and that's pretty much where you can find me. Um, it's not a private account. Um, everything is pretty much, um, you know, open for the public to, for the view. And that's where they go to find me at. Hey, and you can find me at Money Compton on the gram. You can also find me at Sports Business on Twitter. You can also email the show, question, comments, and concerns. Sanjan Dunn, man, this was fun. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you coming into our house, kicking it with us, breaking some breaking time. I know you got a lot going on, but man, I can't thank you enough for coming on here, bro. I and thank you for having me. I've been a big fan of of of, of your show. I'm very proud of you. Keep doing big things. And and it was an honor to be on this show as a guest, man. I hope I could do it again. We can definitely run it back. Hey, without further ado, bath and laundry. Other than that, we out of here, man. Y'all have a great day. 